What's up, world? I go by the name of Jabari. It's the Words with Friends podcast. Had a little technical difficulty. Um, I'll give you guys the backstory. Basically, uh, I went to go do an interview um, for the podcast with a friend of mine, Alex White. He's the CEO and co-founder of a data company called Next Big Sound. Um, And what Next Big Sound does is they aggregate and track all of the sort of social media and now sales, uh, iTunes, you know, Google Play uh, numbers for artists. Um, And I had met Alex a while ago. Um, I used to work at Capitol Records when I was fresh out of college. I graduated from Howard and started working there uh, as like a digital video, digital media uh, coordinator. I kind of did uh, everything that I do for myself um, video-wise and interview-wise for all of the artists on the label. So um, that's kind of how I got a lot of knowledge about making music documentaries and um, and just being, you know, not just in front of the camera but behind the camera as well. Um, so anyways, Alex would come in and, you know, talk about how important data was uh, and his company was, you know, fairly new at the time. Um, and I started using it uh, when I was, you know, working on a project with Cali Swag District. Um, and for those that don't know, those are the guys that sing Teach Me How to Dougie. Um, I worked a lot on that on that album and uh, and that song project when, when I was there. That was kind of like my first big project. Um, and so, yeah, you know, over the years, data uh, has been very, very important in what I do from a filmmaking and from an event perspective. You know, for those that that know I throw a really big party in New York and L.A. called Colors. Um, and I also consult on Trilectro Music Festival. And data is such a big component, literally to everything that I do, you know, um, uh, the things that I do on YouTube, l- being able to look at insights, being able to look at patterns of how people watch things, being able to look at when people rewind things, how people open up emails, um, A-B testing emails and seeing, you know, what subject lines work best when they're very descriptive or when they're not at all. Um, you know, uh, things like this, uh, understanding what content makes people click places and then understanding, not just understanding it, but also then optimizing it. And then, um, you know, creating a level of, uh, just like a turnkey solution, you know, I, I I do a lot of research and I'm very big on growth hacking. Um, and for those that follow me on various social networks, a lot of people see me talking about growth hacking. And I suggest you guys just Google growth hacking. Um, all of my entrepreneurs out there, there's some really great resources and, and thought leaders uh, within the space right now um, that you guys should know a lot about. One of them being Ryan Holiday. Um, and just a bunch of other people. I think Sean Ellis is another guy. Um, but anyways, you know, growth hacking is all about uh, marketing that is intentionally about increasing users and not necessarily um, branding and, you know, publicity um, and things of that nature. Even though those things are very important um, as a startup and as a startup with no money, um, a lot of times the biggest thing that we can do for our business is to build it and you know by building it that means 
getting people using the product, getting people coming to the events, getting people to open the emails, getting people to become users, all that stuff, you know. So that stuff is, in my eyes, a lot more important than um, publicity and sort of, you know, other uh, things that should, you know, be held with high regard in the marketing mix, but also... Um, you know, the, to me, it's just about how many users you have. If you have no other means to do anything else, you know, it's it's about what does your what does your fan base, user base, really look like? And um, you know, for those who listen to the podcast, know I'm a huge uh, I, I'm a huge flag bearer for emails and how important emails are um, outside of just having a social network following. So, anyways, I say all that to say. This is why I really wanted to get Alex on the podcast because his company is all about data analytics, tracking, um, and he knows the importance and the worth of that. The problem was that I had a technical difficulty. My memory card got busted up when I was traveling to New York, and it broke, and then the card was locked, and it couldn't write anything on it. So I had to go and get another card, run down the street, come back up to his office and do it. But by the time that we were going to press record, he had another very, very important meeting, and I had to go get ready for my event. I had a photo shoot that day. So long story short, this is a very short podcast, so I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of insight on why I chose to do it before. And I'm definitely going to have Alex on again. But, um, you know, keep rocking with me. I really appreciate everybody that's listening. I very much appreciate everybody that's supported on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Jabari. You can go there and leave the podcast a tip if you are getting value from it and enjoying it. Um, I know I've been slipping on some Mondays, but I'm just getting so busy working on my next film. Trilectro Music Festival is coming up in D.C. And then, um, you know, I've just been traveling with Bicoastal. And so much stuff is just going on. All good things that I have nothing to absolutely complain about. But I'm just letting you guys know uh, why you might not see the podcast one Monday or, you know, something like that. But I'm still trying to get them to you guys, you know, as frequent as I can. And it'll definitely be on Mondays. And, um, yeah, so we're going to get into it. Words with Friends podcast with Alex White from Next Big Sound. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Another Monday. Words with Friends podcast here with Alex from Next Big Sound. Introduce yourself. Great to be here. My name is Alex White. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Next Big Sound, and our mission is to make data useful for the music industry. Nice, nice. Now, Alex, uh, I know we kind of semi-grew up in the same place, uh, Ithaca, New York. Yes. Um, I was there up until like the sixth or seventh grade, and uh, you were there for... My whole life up until 18 when I went to Northwestern for college. Okay, okay. I was just back from my 10-year high school reunion Wow. last Saturday. Wow, how was it? Really great. Nice. nice to be there, but nice. nice to be back in New York. Yeah, city. yeah. Now, man, you run a very interesting company. Um, and, you know, for those that don't know, tell people a little bit about what Next Big Sound does. So Next Big Sound tracks the music activity of every band in the world on a daily basis. And what that means is pulling in all the public social information, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Wikipedia, Tumblr, Instagram, Vine, etc. We combine that with our customers' private sales data, so iTunes track sales, Spotify plays, e-commerce numbers, um, and marketing events as well. So we pull in concerts and press mentions and chart appearances, and we tie all that together in one centralized dashboard that bands, managers, and music industry professionals can use to understand what's working with their marketing, what's not working with their marketing, uh, who they should sign, where they should tour, yeah. make a bunch of decisions. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge uh, uh, 
uh, flag waiver for data and like you know just like knowing as much insights about your customers as possible. Well, one thing I find is that with musicians, a lot of times like it's an afterthought. You know, people think about the data. Uh, about their audience and and you know what they're doing like very much after it's been like presented to them on why this is so valuable but a lot of times people don't think about this stuff from the beginning you know so do you find that as well yeah for sure and people don't get into the music industry often because they love data and analytics they yeah. love music and they love songwriting and they love managing talent or they love um, recording and so it's been a really interesting five years for the company as we've been banging the drum of how important this is if you actually want to build commercially successful careers. The music business has two words, music and business. Yeah. And you know, business is driven based on numbers and data. And uh, for far too long, the music industry has not paid enough attention there. And it is you know, supplemental, but it can't, is the only way to make use of limited resources and when you have limited time and limited money spending that most effectively um, is where we come into play so I guess take me through the you know trajectory of how you have uh, become you know like an industry leader when it comes to like analytics in the music industry because uh, when you guys started did you know that the company was going to be where it is now or you know did you have like a vision of this is where we wanted it to be or was there sort of a shift in you know the growth we knew as we, right when we launched August 6, 2009, that we'd hit kind of an idea whose time has come mm -hmm. because of the inbound interest we got from all the record labels, from all the management companies, from agents and publishers and people saying, can you track this band? Can you track this data source? Yeah. You know, who, who the heck are you guys? Um, but it was a slow, you know, nothing happens overnight. It's every single day we've just been focused on how do we make this data actually useful and at the beginning, uh, really believing in the power of data to transform the music industry. It's been very public how uh, tumultuous the last decade and a half has been um, for consumers changing entirely how they listen to music and artists and music companies needing to evolve how they make money and reach their fans. And so thought that there was always this opportunity but never... I guess expected to be able to power charts for Billboard and big license deals with you know the biggest music companies in the world and um, winning lots of accolades around around the country and around the world. It's been uh, an incredible five years. Yeah. What What is the you know when you guys started? Did you have a? Uh, I guess it's, it sounds like you just wanted to fill in a, a need or like you know. I always say, like, the best ideas come from, or the best businesses come from, like, you know, solving a problem. You that know, you have, Providing yeah. a solution to something that, you know, is, is there is no solution for it. Um, so, you know, obviously, at that time, were you thinking about, you know, you're, you're thinking about solving a problem, but were you also thinking about, like, the monetary aspect of it and, you know, how you, because how, how, how do you guys... Uh, make money now? Is it from a premium subscription account or something like yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. So... I was touring on the road with a band as part of their management team for two months on a nationwide tour okay. and was trying to collect all these numbers by hand and mm -hmm. graph them in Excel and make sense of it and how did this show lift compared to that show lift when, and uh, this interview versus this video release versus this song and trying to make sense of it all. So that was the kind of need we were filling. 
and in terms of how we make money and turn that into a business, we were always thinking, you know, it, it's really fun and exciting to be in the startup world, but if you can't make money, you don't get to live here. Yeah, especially um, in New York City. And so, yeah, here or in the startup land. And so from the beginning, we're focused on how do we make something valuable enough that people will pay us money to do that. Mm -hmm. And so that's been the kind of North Star for us, not from a capitalistic standpoint, we need to be rich and famous. It's entirely from uh, the value side of things because people will say all day, you should do this or do that. And really focusing in on, well, if we do build that, what's that do for you and your business? Mm -hmm. And are you willing to pay for that? Yeah. Um, there's certainly easier ways to make money than starting a company. Um, but the revenue side of things is a great um, balancer and way to prioritize the different things that we're building. So. Yeah, yeah. What, um, take me through the process of, of how, you know, you get a, a client on board or, you know, you, you introduce somebody in the music industry that has no idea what you offer. I mean, this, is, this may be a little bit, you know, two, three years ago and not just now, but like how, how did you get people to sign on board? Because I remember you coming into Capitol Records yeah. when I was there um, and I, I sort of remember the pitch, but for those that don't know, like, you know, let them know what that looked like. It was a lot of just uh, meeting after meeting and so I would do these tours. We were based in Boulder at the time, so I was traveling two to three months, weeks, a month. And I would go to New York and Nashville and LA and San Francisco and Chicago and kind of loop through every three or four months to all those places yeah. and I would come in and first I would meet with you know an intern or whoever emailed me from at Capitol Records mm -hmm. and show them what we were doing and then they'd say hey next time you're in town let me know and I'll introduce you to my supervisor or my broader digital marketing team or my marketing team and ultimately those meetings you know as we kept coming back with we would add more sources we would add more bands we would add more features and functionality um, we would add more features and functionality and it would keep leading to more and more meetings and so a lot of presentations talking to thousands of people and uh, the site that we launched was probably the best way that people found out about it because you could compare any band against any other band yeah, you just yeah. type in a band name and we'd be tracking it and people would send it to their friends and say, oh my God, you know, my band's more popular than your band. Yeah. And, uh, that's how we spread initially and those led to the first kind of foot in the door conversations. Did you need to, uh, um, what, am I, what am I looking for? Like, I guess when, when, you're, when, you're, uh, when you're trying to track stuff from like SoundCloud, uh, YouTube, Facebook, all of that data is pretty much public, but is there anything that you needed to like go to some of these other companies and say, hey, let us in your API to actually get this information? <clears throat> yeah, almost all of them now because we're tracking you know, half a million to a million artists mm -hmm. and the APIs that are public don't let you um, track as many, the volume that we need to track. So we need special permissions from uh, YouTube or from SoundCloud or from uh, a lot of these sources. Yeah, Vivo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And where, where I guess are you uh, looking? Where are you uh, looking to to you know take it now? Like, what's the what's the next step? Phase two goal? Yeah. So we've got great 
coverage and, and awareness and built a huge brand in the music business. Most people know or use Next Big Sound on a daily or weekly basis across all aspects of the industry, which is great. Uh, we just launched our books division, Next Big Book, mm-hmm. um, bringing the same data and oh, analytics yeah, to the book publishing world. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, brands and agencies. So we've signed our first brand deals. Pepsi was our first uh, brand client. Okay. And uh, helping them make smarter creative decisions around which musicians they should work with and measuring the impact on the brand and artist when they get involved. Nice. So I think that's a huge opportunity for us and what we're focused on a lot be, uh, on top of the foundation we built in music. And as, you know, uh, uh, the head of a startup, man, what's, what's something that you wish you would have known uh, early on, you know, uh, whether it's personal or whether it's business, you know, that, that you know now? So I think with startups, one thing that I wish I could go back and tell myself would be to not be afraid or think that someone else would have the answers for me. And what that kind of means is I've talked to the most influential and powerful investors and customers and music industry folks and startup people and everyone is still figuring it all out and the world changes quickly and no one has all the answers. It's not like uh, a normal hierarchical world or organization where you someone has an answer key yeah. behind the desk like a teacher or a professor and and you're just waiting to hear the right answer it's really much more about um, figuring it out day by day as it goes along and not being afraid to take a stand and and um, say what you believe in and build what you think the world needs yeah yeah well I'm very interested to see what is coming next from you guys man and I know you got to run um, to another meeting, but I'll, I'll I'll get you back on in some capacity so we can have a grander discussion. I have so much more stuff. You bet. Um, yeah. I love talking about all this stuff, and those are great questions to start. And look forward to the next conversation. Cool, Alex. Right. Thank you, man. All right.